On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, Pam Greer takes on Blackula in Scream Blackula Scream from 1973. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, a movie podcast that features hosts Brandon and Cullen discussing a film considered but not limited to being a cult classic. The episode you are listening to will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Follow CC Cavalcade on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to the show on cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. All my life, I feared nothing. And now you tell me what you are. And I accept it. We're going to have to become antisocial and kick your ass. You dig? I'm sorry, I don't have any bread with me. And as for kicking my ass, I strongly recommend that you give it careful consideration before trying. This is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 70. This is Brandon. And as always with me is our own Big Bad Voodoo Daddy co-hoster, Cullen. Mama Walde in the house. (laughs) Today we are here to discuss the 1973 film Scream, Blackula, Scream. Cullen, perform the ritual of giving them the plot. The vampire Mama Walde, also known as Blackula is stirred by African voodoo and is forced to kill again. Scream, Blackula, Scream is directed by Bob Keljan and stars William Marshall, Pam Greer, Don Mitchell, Richard Lawson, and Lynn Moody. Welcome back, or welcome, Blackula. If you liked our last episode, I'm sure you're thrilled to return to the other side of the two Blackula movies. Colin and I both thought, nah, why not? We both have double feature discs, so... Sure, sound like fun. Just get it out of the way. <laughs> that was the plan. We knew you were going to demand we return to Blackula, so you're welcome. People wanted more cape-related movies, so here we are. American International Pictures weren't going to do another Blackula. They were going to do Blackenstein, and then they decided that they wanted to keep what they had going, so they went with another Blackula movie. They hurried into production and threw out Blackenstein, which another company ended up picking up and making, if you can believe it, even cheaper than an American international picture of this ilk was going to be. Yeah, apparently the people that made Black and Sign didn't have access to lighting equipment. It's the darkest movie I may have ever seen where you just have to take it on faith sometimes that something's happening on the screen. The Blackula movies, thankfully, had a very good light budget, for the most part. I mean, they just look like a lot of other... 70s movies, cheap ones where they just kind of could be a TV movie even, just yes. like the look of them. Yeah, it's a, it's a very nice TV movie. It is it is a, a, a Kolchak-esque vibe to it at times. You're going to suck some more blood. Uh. <laughs> I think that was the tagline for Scream Black Yellow Scream. <laughs> going to suck some more blood. Which, speaking of, apparently the movie's title came from like an office drawing. <laughs> Where they just like, hey, you come up with a title for this? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anyone won anything other than the name they made up was in the movie. I don't know, but I just love that. Deciding the name of a movie through a contest is a step away from deciding the name of a movie on a dare. 
think of the ones they didn't pick, and then the guy at the office like, I really don't want to be involved in this, and throws something that's definitely not going to get picked. Yeah, I can't imagine. This Scream, Blackula Scream was the best that they had. I, I would love to see what wasn't what didn't make the cuts. What harm was Blackula 2 going to bring about, you know? Yeah. That's so Blackula. <laughs> The, the director they got for this was uh, experienced in vampires as he did the Count Yorga movies. There's two of those, which is a knockoff Dracula series in the 70s as well. The writers for Scream, Blackula, Scream, they only have two credits to their names. Do you know what the first credit was, Brandon? Tell me. Blackula. They wrote, <laughs> they wrote Blackula <laughs> and Scream, Blackula, Scream and did nothing else. You know what? I think we uh, I think we did it. I think we achieved our goals. Yeah. I mean, after you've written Scream, Blackula, Scream, you're like, you know what? I've conquered all there is to conquer. You know who else has conquered all that there is to conquer, <laughs> Cullen, in the world of slumber flotation devices? I'm going to say Tom Labrie. Hi, I'm Tom Labrie, and this is Labrie's Waterbed Warehouse. You know... To be honest with you, one of the biggest comments I receive is about my accent. But wait till you listen to this guy. I want you to meet Bill, a very close friend of mine from New Hampshire. Bill, my dad. Dad, how do you like it out here? It's great. I also enjoy sleeping on that waterbed. You like the water. What do you, <laughs> what do you think about the waterbed and me being involved in waterbeds? It's a fantastic business. Yeah. I wish they'd come out east with it. They don't have them back there yet. Well, uh, they're starting. Uh-huh. But uh, they haven't... Uh, delved into it too deeply yet. So. What, are you, what are you doing back there now? Well, uh, I'm retired and uh, I manage a racehorse farm now. And it's more like a hobby with me, uh-huh. although I do put in a lot of hours. But uh, I do love racehorses because I've uh, owned, trained, and driven in races. Yeah, I remember that distinctly. I can remember uh, walking them afterwards and uh, us trucking them around all over the countryside to races. Remember that time you took a a movie of uh, me winning a race? Yeah, that was great. Those are great things. Yeah. That film, I still have that film. I'm going to have to come back there and see it sometime. Thank you for coming on the show. I'd love to have you back. Okay. And now, let's get back to the movie. We begin with an old woman in a room surrounded by many people apparently at her deathbed. There's a voodoo doll of sorts and it's put in a little box. Uh, apparently she's like some sort of voodoo cult leader and she never named a successor to her cult. So her son Willis demands it's him. Papa Lower is what he calls himself. And Lisa, this girl who's there and played by Pam Greer and everyone there disagrees and he blows up. He gets angry. And then Willis in anger calls Lisa a don't nobody turn their back on big Willis. Especially you. If my mama hadn't have taken you off the street, you'd still be peddling, you jive-ass bitch. There's my black exploitation <laughs> stuff that was lacking in the last movie. Like, right away. There were there were a couple of N-bombs in the other one, and that was about it. That was really black exploitation. They, they were they're like mean-spirited N-bombs. They weren't like, hey, what's up, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was, well, it was like, and the mu- oof. And the music was funkier, too. Like, yeah. that was the most black exploitation about it. But yeah, that jive-ass bitch. And then a man grabs him and shoves him at the wall. We'll find out his name's Justin. Pam Greer's her her, her main squeeze. Her 
Some, yeah. I don't it's true. even know if they're dating or just hanging out or what's going on with their relationship. Yeah. Throws him at a wall and tell him to lay lay off him when he's, he's letting him down. He goes, dig it. And I'm like, oh, we are here. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are. We are. Okay. This movie realizes where it's at. Willis. He chills and bids everyone goodbye, and then someone tells him on his way out that when they vote, they're voting for Lisa. Meanwhile, there's this old hobo outside, and he unburies from the ground a box for Willis, and it has a bag of bones. And it cuts right from this voodoo funeral or whatever is going on. It cuts right from that to just some hobo digging up a box out of the dirt. Like, who are you and what's going on? It feels like this movie at the beginning here. I mean, we're not even through this prologue because the prologue is like 13 minutes. And it feels like the movie is like, hey, uh, guys, it's time to start the movie. And they're like, well, well, um, uh, 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 and and it's like oh crap they like they weren't ready to start and now they're hurrying or just trying to figure out how to catch up <laughs> yeah but uh, the old man tells willis that he once swore revenge on those people and calls the bones power beyond all common man and he gives them to willis along with an instruction sheet and then uh, a shirtless willis on a stormy night with a couple candles does a ritual with the bones and he kills his own pet bird and cuts it open and drips blood for use in the, the ritual. The bones begin to spark and then burst to flame. And, and we cut to Lisa staring at a fireplace, seemingly having a disturbing feeling as Willis is really going at it in his ritual. And the fire goes out and Willis leaves disappointed and goes into another room and grabs a beer. Like, ah, damn. When this happened, I was watching it and I thought, oh, God, no, please don't. Please don't do this. I don't want Blackula just to walk around the corner. And that's what happened. It's it's his shadow along the wall behind Willis, and then he, wa- he walks around the corner and like, I'm Blackula, I'm here. We live in a world of hyperbole, folks. There's no two ways about it. Everything's either the best or the worst. But I can say, without using hyperbole, this is the worst resurrection for any monster in any movie. It is so lame. He It gets all intense and stuff, and then it's like, well, uh, off screen, I'm here. Which tells us right away, we don't have much money. <laughs> no, no, we don't. Because there is, we can't even have the bones fade into him. <laughs> yeah, that would have been something. Just have the bones laid out, and then, you know, they just, you know, cross fade, and then... He forms around the bones. That would <laughs> right, be fine. Right. There's a huge flame that shoots out of his bones. He could have appeared through the flames. Just any number of things that could have done. Instead, it's just, I'm back, baby. What? He grabs Willis by the neck and is turned around. We see fangs out Mama Waldy as he bites it while lightning strikes. And as he finishes drinking, Mama Waldy turns to the screen. And then we get our opening titles. With music that feels like we were watching like an episode of Black Yellow Vampire of the Night more than like a horror movie. <laughs> I thought it was a, going on. I thought it was an episode of Quincy. Both Black Yellow's credit title sequences have made me feel anything but I'm watching a vampire horror movie. Yeah. I've, at least the first one, the music was funky and it was kind of fun. It didn't feel like a like a horror movie at all, but it was at least fun. This one's just blah. Black Yellow is filmed before a live studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. They absolutely pulled in a TV. It, it sounds like they pulled in a TV composer to do this, and they had a day to do it. 
we go to this mansion and Mama Walda is there in a tux drinking some wine and looking out a window while Willis sings and notices he has no reflection and gets confused and Blackula tells him it's part of the curse and Willis is upset and he's like, oh man, you jiving. <laughs> Love Willis. Yeah. He's everything here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, what, what did you think of his suit? I mean, that, that, that suit was made from couch fabric, right? I mean, there's... Right, right, yeah, yeah. Well, they made couches and suits out of the same thing back around 73. So. <laughs> and it looks like it's... Willis mentions he was going to a party to check out Justin's African collection he brought back. Mama Walde commands him that he's going nowhere. You are never to leave this house without my permission. Your only justification for crawling on this earth is to serve me. Understand me well. If you ever dare to disobey... I will slice into your chest and pull your worthless life out. Damn, Mama Wally. One of the most badass lines <laughs> in the movie. I mean, Mama Wally is mad. Like He didn't want to be resurrected. Like, yeah. He was like, well, damn it. Now I'm even more evil. This movie should have been called <laughs> Blackula is Pissed. Later on, Mama Wally has a flashback to the prologue of the first movie for people who never saw it coming into this one. And a station wagon pulls up to the house. A man and a woman get out, mentioning that the owner of the mansion is on vacation. And they're looking for Willis. And he's like, it's us, Elaine and Lewis. And they enter, wandering the empty house, yelling for him that they are going to be late for the party. And as they go through the house, Lewis is attacked and bit by Mama Walde. And Elaine hears his screams and comes running, finding Mama Walde drinking Lewis, and he's all vamped up, and Willis appears. She goes to escape, but the door she just entered is locked now, and he chases her through the house, and she runs into Mama Walde, and she winds up passing out, and Willis drinks from her. And she also gives one of the longest series of screams I've ever watched on screen. It's only 20 seconds, but it feels like an eternity. We cut to the party. A woman named Denny's upset that Willis hasn't shown up. Lisa and Justin are looking at a necklace when Blackula pops up and tells them where exactly it's from and that Luva once wore the necklace and that there's a matching one that her husband wore. He admits he crashed the party and introduces himself. Justin likes his knowledge and has Lisa show him around the place. We get a song as Lisa and Mama Walde wander through the party. It's like, hey, Mr. Man. And while they, they look at more artifacts, Lisa questions his profession, and he says he's merely an amateur. She says he she feels that they've met before. And uh, a woman summons Lisa back to Justin as he needs help, and then Denny comes in and talks to Mama Walde, and they discuss a voodoo doll. Another woman shows up and shows how Lisa is naturally powerful at voodoo. I love how you say another woman shows up. Then another woman shows up because that's ab- ab- absolutely how it feels. Like Pam Greer's like, gone. Like who, who are these? Wo- I don't care who these women are. Let's- like Denny. Denny's got a connection to Willis. Okay. And then this other woman shows up. I was like, who are you? Why couldn't Denny say this stuff? Uh, yeah. Or why couldn't Lisa just say this stuff to Blackula? 
That would have been fine too. <laughs> we then cut to Mama Walde and Lisa discussing the the increasingly complex science known as voodoo. And he asks if under the right circumstances she can control an inner being and change its destiny. He goes to light her cigarette and she's ponderous. Tensions cut when someone breaks something and cuts themselves. It's one of the women from the other room. Not the not Denny one. I think that's who it was. Uh, Mama Walde decides it's time to go and Lisa asks if they'll see him again to which he says he will. Uh, then bids adieu to Justin and asks him to take a look at some other things the next afternoon. I, I enjoy this line. He's like, oh, I'm rather a night person. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Blackula, v- just shockingly honest. It's a real code <laughs> that he uh, lives by. The party continues on. Uh, there's a there's a moment where we see a white senior citizen couple just sitting there on the yes! couch. Now there are like some white people at this party, but they're you know they're they're young people. Most of the people at this party are young. It's a it's a hip party, I guess. And yeah, and then it's just who invited <laughs> Mark's grandparents? Why are they here? Right, yeah. <laughs> What? Are they even having fun? Yeah. Like, wh- see that? Like, I'm not smoking any reefer around Myrtle and Henry. Come on, Mama Walde hangs outside and and winds up going back in the house to stalk people. He finds the woman that cut herself alone in a bedroom and bites her. She winds up coming downstairs and falling down in front of the party guests as Mama Walde sneaks out back and turns into a bat in front of some dude outside. Mama Walde ends up on the streets wandering around, passing up a strip club, and then he passes up a hooker, and her two pimps give him shit, and they they get his attention by yelling, Hey, faggot! We're talking to you. What is it you want? What is it you want? Shit. You're bred, man, all of it. Are we gonna have to become antisocial and kick your ass? You dig? I'd just like to point out that the um, first Blackula movie had Dracula, who's a huge racist, and in this one, there are pimps that are huge homophobes. But what a you proud know, tradition that these two writers have built their their careers on. Right, but I gotta say, uh, like this is hitting those black exploitation notes because now we got pimps on the street. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is, yeah. Cool kind of moment. Mama Walde accuses them of imitating slave owners. You jive, mother. Either you give it up or we're going to take it out on your black ass. You made a slave of your sister. You're still slaves imitating your slave masters. Hey, sucker. I was like, that's, that's kind of pointed there. Yeah, when he said that, it's was like, oh, my God, yeah. Blackula's like a badass now. When he did that, I thought, like, is were we supposed to be rooting for him? Because, I mean, it sucks that he's making all these people on the vampires, but he doesn't take shit, and it's awesome. I mean, regardless, either movie, like, I, I really think Mama Walde is a pretty good character overall. I, I think when you when you take down, like, who he is, what he, like, conversations he has, especially this movie, a lot, he has like, some really good conversations with people <laughs> in this one because he's he's not afraid to be around well, mo- a lot of people like he was in the last one. And most of the movie is talking. When, when, when I was watching this, I thought, like, it's great you're getting to know each other, but can something happen? There's talking. There's a lot more like, typical haunted house chasing horror sequences, too. Mm-hmm. That kind of weren't in the first one. But ironically, or, in Scream, Blackula, Scream, there is significantly less screaming in it than in Blackula. Right. Less screaming and like less blood. I felt like it was kind of... I mean, there there is blood in this movie, but I kind of feel like it wasn't indulged in where it could have been in this mm-hmm. one. He accuses the pimps 
of imitating slave owners, and then one punches him in the back, and he vamps out and throws him into a window, and the other guy stabs him, and he knocks him into a door, which he knocks him into a door, because there's a blood streak as the guy falls down on that door. We're back at the party where this hard-ass white cop, which I called him hard-ass white cop throughout, but his name is actually Sheriff Harley Dunlop, but I never got that. It doesn't matter. I don't. I, I don't care. I, I just. Last time we had Jack Peters. Yeah. This time Harley Dunlop. <laughs> oh, but uh, the difference is, aside from the the, the names, is uh, this cop is casually racist because because <laughs> he he says that he has prejudice towards certain people. Uh, he he says something like that, right? But right. But because Justin used to be on the force, well, I'll let it slide. It's basically like saying he's one of the good ones. You're lucky you're the guy that I say, well, I'm not racist. I have a black friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It- <laughs> you're lucky you're that guy, Justin. <sighs> so he's there, and he's questioning them about their voodoo in relation to the crime because they play with snakes and drink blood, and Lisa's super upset about it all. And the phone rings, and it's a call for the cop. It takes us to the scene of the pimp deaths where he says... <laughs> Can't you believe it? The exact same thing. And for some reason, Justin went with him to the crime scene. I was like, what? I'm going to tell you, it's going to be hard to top the scene of the pimp deaths. (laughs) Just that phrase. I can't imagine we're going to say anything more interesting than that the rest of the episode. We've already peaked, folks. Cult Cinema Cavalcade has been great. We didn't make it to 100 episodes. Episode 70 where it all ended. I didn't see it coming, but I we're done. Hanging it up. Um, the, thanks for listening. He, Man. He peaked at pimp death. Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. Yeah, well, Justin's here. And it's, at this point, we don't know he's an ex-cop. Yeah, we're, we're, I don't know, well over a half hour into this movie, and when I was watching, I thought, like, what the hell does Justin do? He just collects, like, artifacts from Africa? What is his job? What does he have to do with Blackula? Is he going to be investigating? What's your role here, man? Dunlop asks him for his help, and then Mama Walde goes back into his coffin as we see the sunrise through the windows. Uh, the next day, Lisa's... I thought meeting Justin for lunch as she's sitting alone at a table in an outdoor restaurant, and then he shows up, and she's like, how'd you find me? And that's where we get the line dropped that he's an ex-detective. He needs information on the cult from her to prevent her from being brought in as a suspect. They think Willis might have something to do with this. Lisa mentions she's been asked to sit with Gloria's body. Who's Gloria? Good thing you asked, because that's the woman, apparently, that cut herself, got bit by Blackula, and then fell down the stairs, to which the white cop came in, was really racist against all of them, and then we went to the scene of the pimp deaths. It all goes back to the pimp deaths. Denny then shows up at the Willis estate. She wanders in, yelling for him. He pops up, speaking in the third person all of a sudden, and she is hysterical with him for not being around. He calms her down and keeps mentioning that her bones are tense, and he goes... Bones are tense, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah come on. Well, this is going to do something to work all that out for you, okay? These bones are tight. Well, what you going to do about that? Big Willis is going to have to do something to relax your entire body. 
You think you know just how to get to me, don't you? Feel the blood just humming through this fine body. And he takes her to the couch, massages her back, vamps out, and she laughs about his teeth, but then he bites her. So, haha, Denny. I just wish he would have said, You're gonna get it, bitch. Lisa goes to the viewing area of Gloria and meditates or something, and then uh, Gloria rises from the coffin to surprise Lisa, and she lures Lisa over to her. Gloria attempts to bite Lisa, and then lightning strikes as Mama Walde busts through the doors. And this is a cool shot. Oh, yeah. That was cool. Gloria bolts, and Mama Walde tells a scared Lisa that he is controlled by a power she'll never comprehend. Mama Walde gathers all his vampires for a house meeting to... uh, (laughs) If you ever wonder what the real world uh, would be like with vampires, it's kind of what it is. He calls a house meeting. (laughs) Calls a house meeting. It's like what we do in the shadows was (laughs) right here. So, like, instead of saying, like, hey, nobody eat my peanut butter, he's saying, hey, nobody eat Lisa. Stay away from Lisa. I have my name on her. You know, I was thinking, you know, in the last movie, we were asking like where'd all these damn vampires come from where was it we actually see him and willis making these vampires so when they all show up they're there and and we were talking about what ridiculous assholes the vampires were these ones actually we get to know them they talk they they have a community they have house meetings mm-hmm. this, is, this is a lot different than just the the screaming cab driver woman running down the hall they have a, a nice place to live instead of just like an abandoned warehouse <laughs> Mama Walde, he's been in the 21st century for mm, about a week, and he's already got a mansion. Right. Again. He's doing good. Mama Walde is unfucking around. Willis is house-sitting this place, right? Sure. Who missed the boat on having the the people who own the home come home and be like, Willis, you having a party here? (laughs) Yeah, it would have been awesome. Just the, (laughs) the people that own the house open the door during the meeting like what the hell's going on (laughs) or you know what post credit scene that would have been the best thing like (laughs) there's like police tape at their house oh like so was there a break-in not really was there a crazy party that willis kind of (laughs) like what you believe in vampires and then cut to like some logo yeah (laughs) i just want them to come home open the door and you just hear one of them say, what the hell's going on in here? And then credits. There we go. As someone's like staking with a huge one, like, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> Willis and Denny then have a jive talk and some drinks as they bitch about Lisa and Willis wants to her to fall under his wrath. He doesn't care about Blackula's warning. He's, he's just waiting on the inspiration. And Mama Walde, of course, overhears this and restates his warning, and Denny ribs into Willis about letting Blackula boss him around, and Willis tries to tough up, but backs down, and she starts giving Mama Walde shit, but he gives her an evil eye, and she freezes the hell up. Blackula tells Willis, now you be thankful that I've chosen not to rip out your worthless heart. He tells him he's bringing Lisa there to prepare for it, and there will be no interruptions. Like, man, when I put a, when I put a sock on my doorknob, not come in. <laughs> He's just got like a little cape that he puts on the doorknob, and that way you know. <laughs> to go 
At the police station, Justin examines the hair of a bat under a microscope, to which an examiner said it could be a new species. And he goes to visit the, the occult section of the library, which is right next to the fiction section. Just, uh, <laughs> he, point that out. He uh, presents the cop that it's vampires, to which he's like, you think you can prove it's a vampire? And then he shouts it out to his expert on everything who laughs about it. And then a guy brings in a photo of a body being removed from the scene that doesn't appear in the picture. I would love it if, if, if Justin just said, like, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to do your job for free. And I, there's all these black people showing up dead. I know you're not going to do anything about it because of the prejudice that you very plainly <laughs> said that you had yesterday. You remember back at the scene of the pimp death where you asked me to help out? Mama Walde has dinner with Justin where they discuss the occult and being hard and being hard to believe. And hold on, stop for a second. We got Justin who's this guy who's suspicious of vampires and he's having dinner sitting across the table from the most <laughs> obvious cape wearing looking vampire in I the know. community. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> it's like you dumbass! Look across the... Who wears a cape in this town? Who wears a goddamn cape? I know. It's like, I'm looking for a vampire. Oh, well, I guess I'll just drink red wine with this elegantly spoken <laughs> man who wears capes all the time. We only hang out at night. <laughs> you, yeah! I offered him an afternoon thing and he pushed it to evening. He told him that he sleeps all day sometimes. Uh, what else do you need, Justin? <laughs> Like a written confection, <laughs> confession? I'm Mama Walde. I'm a vampire. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We gonna pose for a picture together. Wait a minute. Uh, uh, he mentions he's a, he's a cynic and then talks about reading a book about Dracula and it convinced him that they might be real. They discuss the alluring redness of wine again. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost uh, like Mom blood. Like he, like I think Justin said that, and I just wish he would have looked into the camera. When he said it. Like, like he doesn't. I don't know. Just, God, Justin, come on, buddy. Mama Wale tells Justin. Justin, rather than give you information of no consequence, allow me to offer you some rather profound advice. Forget your theories. Return these books to their shows. Because if there's one thing you should have discovered in your studies, it is that the intelligence of man is pathetically inadequate when pitted against the forces of the unknown. A man comes face to face with a vampire, he would most surely be at its mercy. Or too dumb to be able to tell across the table! Justin then tells him he believes the vampire is responsible for the recent killings. Blackula says it gives him an edge over the rest. To know that, and Mama Walde wishes him well and hopes he finds nothing. And then he leaves, and they should have had a scene where the you know Mama Walde walks outside. Justin closes the door. And Mama Walde goes like, "Dumbass!" <laughs> and he just turns into a bat and flies away. That'd been great. I do. I do think by the end of that conversation, though, that Justin finally puts it together that. Right. That, you know, Blackula is a little bit suspicious. Lisa tells Mama Walde that she's frightened for the first time in her life and accepts that he is a vampire. But he wants her to help him to return to his homeland by using voodoo to exercise the demon 
that has a vampiric hold over his body. She's his only hope. And he kisses her, but she kind of brushes it off. She's like, I, I might be with Justin. We don't know. The script doesn't tell me I am, but he's always around, so I can't really. At least the female <gasps> lead in this movie doesn't just decide to love Blackula, like in the last one. That's really how it felt. It's like, ah, I'm, I'm leaving. Uh, I'm, I'm Blackula, forget it, whatever. Like, no, 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 wait, I love you now. Okay, that never happens in this movie, thank God. There's no, there's no... There's no Butula action. There's no Butula action. That's the one drawback of this movie. We then see Lisa packing up at home, including a Blackula voodoo doll. The police show up with a warrant, and Blackula, as a bat, lands on her roof, and then enters, telling the cops to let her go. He knocks out the cops, and they leave, Justin shows the cop that Gloria's body's gone, and he's pretty cocky that he's got everything under control, and then gets a call from his car phone about Lisa and Mama Walde's escape from the apartment, which, folks, our streak is broken as uh, there are no payphones in this movie. 70 episodes, no payphone, pimp death. We're done. But... Join us next week as we discuss Joel Schumacher's Phone Booth, starring Colin Farrell, the voice of Kiefer Sutherland. This early film takes place entirely inside a phone booth, and we will make up for it. Lisa begins a ritual with Mama Walde. The cops slowly pull up on the Willis estate. I mean, they're being careful. Yeah, I, I got a, a question. How did the police know where Lisa and Blackula were? The police have never had any contact with Willis. It's not like Lisa and Blackula left a note. Willis is a suspect. They have mentioned that before, that they think he might have something to do with it because he's been missing for so long. But, but it's, still... That's not his house. I'm just going to... Yeah, the, the place kind of looks obvious, but, you know, I... <laughs> bad, no, bad writing in the... The two writers... They that, had to get there. The two writers that wrote two movies should be ashamed of themselves. I mean, I expect a bit of class in a movie called Blackula, but when you have one called Bl- Scream, Blackula, Scream, I'm gonna I'm just going to say, okay, they, they found them. <laughs> There's, what, maybe 20 minutes of the movie left? Maybe? <laughs> Do you want this to be longer or just accept that they get there? Like, that's <laughs> like, like the conversation that Justin has with Blackula, when that was happening, I thought, this seems really late to be happening in, you know, in the movie. This should have right. happened much earlier, but... And like I took the time, I was like, oh my god, this movie is like it's, it's closing in the end. Like we're just, I don't know. Vampires begin emerging from coffins. The police are all carrying these big stakes, which Justin, <laughs> believer in vampires, finds to be a little ridiculous. I'll tell you what's ridiculous: that there's a pile of wooden stakes outside the mansion where all the vampires are. Seems like a bad idea if you're a vampire. That's like. Superman just piling up a bunch of kryptonite outside the Fortress of Solitudes. Mama Wally's like, Willis, I told you to burn those. We picked them all around the house. You were supposed to burn them on Wednesday. Look what happened. Like, I'll get to it later. We had a house meeting about chores. (laughs) Don't fucking bite Lisa and burn the goddamn steaks. He was too busy uh, getting fitted for his cape. 
Willis spies their approach from the window. The cops wander around the house, unknowingly stalked by vampires. The ritual continues upstairs with Mama Walde and Lisa. There's some sand and, and oil that smokes as it touches the voodoo doll. And one of the cops comes upon a room of vampires and is cornered and attacked. And then more attacks happen as the ritual intensifies. And Ju- Justin stakes a, I swear to God, like James Brown lookalike vampire. Did you notice that guy? Like the first one staked. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. That that had to be like, oh, this does everyone look like James Brown. I mean, come on. He wasn't even wearing a cape, was he? No, no. Nope. That's how much he looked like James Brown. He <clears throat> didn't even need a cape. The uh, police captain stakes a vampire and takes an axe as Justin finds a crossbow. Like, just weapons were around this mansion. <laughs> like, it, it was it was like draped in stakes outside. And then they're like... Like, if we're going to, I mean, if, if, if someone's going to break in here, we're going to get fucking massacred, guys. I mean, I'm not, none of this, like, fist fight shit. We're getting massacred. It's like a video game. It's like they broke into the uh, Dracula's castle in Castlevania. Like, I found the crossbow. <laughs> right. well, here's the holy water. <laughs> right. Yeah. Where was the holy water bottles that were just, like, on a rack, right? You know, right. like, take one. <laughs> Justin fires the crossbow and he hits Willis in the shoulder, but then he, he kills him and hit him in the second one. And he, he ha- for some reason, hesitates to kill Denny on the stairs. But good good thing uh, Officer, uh, one of the random cops jumps out and, like, stakes her in the back. Uh, Just like, bam. Yeah. Denny, who is Willis's girlfriend, and does Justin have any contact with her in the movie at all? I don't... Like, maybe they might have bumped into each other at the party at the beginning of the movie, but otherwise, is it because it's a woman? or I don't understand why he hesitates. Was there like a cut scene where he's like, oh, my sister Denny? Like, no, he hesitates. It's like, why? I would have thought he would have hesitated more with Willis. Yeah, because they actually know each other. We we know they know each other. And, you know, he hasn't seen Willis Mm -hmm. in days, and then the next time he sees him, he's a vampire. That should be shocking to him. I could see him hesitating there. With her, she is coming up the stairs at him, getting ready to murder him, (laughs) and he's got to think about it. Well, I I hit my quota for the day of former (laughs) friends turned into vampires, but she is. His momentum uh, ran out. Just as Mama Walde feels the demon exiting his body, Justin breaks in and screws the whole thing up. Which is, which Lisa, is funny because it sounded like Blackula and Lisa were screwing. Oh, yeah, and the whole thing was set up as like a sex scene without any, like you know anything but showing sex. But they were pretty much they were sweating and they were like. Um. Lisa says not to hurt Justin, that they can do it again and she'll come with him. Like, you know, we can we start this up again. We'll go somewhere else. And he tosses him and they try to escape. 
And officers start surrounding him, throws the two officers off the balcony and the stairs. And then Mama Walde comes face to face with the police captain. He vamps out and he knocks him out as Lisa begs not to hurt him. And more cops come after Mama Walde as he keeps dispatching of them. Like, these are competent cops in this movie. We had, like, deputy dumbasses last Mm -hmm. time, but these guys are fighters. Well, they're they're uh, properly armed. They've got the wooden stakes. Lisa's upset with Mama Walde and refuses to help him as he begs. He goes, no, don't refuse me now. I need you. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty <laughs> intense. Justin awakes and he confronts Mama Walde, calling him by name. To which he calls, he says, "The name is Blackula," <laughs> and he grabs him and he goes, "Now, Justin, you shall know my eternal agony." But he's stopped by Lisa stabbing the voodoo doll with an arrow repeatedly, and he wanders around for a while. Then he looks up and screams, and we get a freeze frame. And then a close-up red-tinted face of Mama Walde. It's on the screen for a while, and then the credits begin rolling <laughs> over it. So I guess, I guess the movie's over. Yeah, and <laughs> the to, to, to add to the the what of this moment, uh, the music, it sounds like, you know, in an earnest movie where he just d- seems to have multiple personalities and he, you know, makes his voice will sound like a, like a crusty old West guy. That's how the music starts. It's like, there's no one I could touch that could touch me. Like, that's how it sounds. <laughs> that's how the music starts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's like literally seconds after the movie is over. Because I mean, the, the whole ending is like this, this final sequence is batshit crazy vampires versus cops battle with this intense ritual going on and then we get this final battle it's like oh slow down we're we're rolling credits folks immediate cold turkey movie's over and it is an original good idea to kill a vampire using that voodoo doll i don't think i've seen that in another movie we just assume (laughs) that blackula is dead you don't actually see him die like in the first one. We see like you know his face melt and maggots and everything. It's a real, it's a real death scene. This one, right? It's, it's just a overhead shot of him looking in the camera and just screaming. And then, good night, everybody. It's a little abrupt. I mean, there is no more Blackula after this. He's done. So I guess we can assume he's dead. It's full stop. Done. I think a real opportunity was missed with Blackula meets Blackenstein. That should have happened. Yeah. I, that should have happened. Mm-hmm. I would have seen that. Where it should have gone. Alas, you know, we, he became the king of cartoons. Of cartoons. How great would it have been if any time that Blackula walked in a scene, there were three vampires just singing about how great it is that Blackula is about to enter the room. And here he is. Oh, God. Blackula. Are you ready to have your blood sucked by me, Blackula? That bitch is gonna fall under my wrath. Not directly, mind you, but surreptitiously. You dig? Yeah, I believe it. Then you wanna know something else? What's that, baby? (laughs) She deserves whatever you give her. Hey, and she gonna get it all. (laughs) (laughs) I never did like that bitch. Oh, badass Blackula come telling us to lay off of her. But no matter what, I'm going to get back at that bitch. Now comes the point in the episode where we rate the movie we just watched. As we are Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we keep things nice and culty. Our ratings are as follows. 
stay with your family, which means you're just kind of there at scream. That's it. Just a, just a scream. No more. Not not that interested. Converted, which means scream Blackula. You're right there. You're like, okay, yeah, I'll scream Blackula. That's good. We're solid movie. Good good to go. Oh yeah, or drink the Kool Aid when you're all in. Scream Blackula. Scream two screams Blackula all together. You love this movie. You just can't get enough of the voodoo blood sucking action adventure. How do you rate Scream Blackula? Scream. Cullen. Uh well. Uh, there's some good stuff in this movie. I I feel there was some more horror elements in this one than the first one. The, there are uh, a couple of times where, uh, once with Blackula, and another time where I think during the, the cop raid where Blackula or the other vampire, they appear almost out of nowhere. Like, with the way the camera moves, you don't even see them, and then it just turns just enough so you just see him, like, come into the frame and he is like they're like floating very very quickly like at the at the victim and like the light is like shining underneath them and you know their the cape is like all unfurled out and like waving in the air and just you know just you know flying right at them and i really like those parts those are the only parts that are i don't want to say scary but the closest you're going to get to a horror movie for something <laughs> called blackula this one did feel a bit more like a black exploitation which is kind of I, I kind of want something kind of like that, kind of trashy and stuff like that, when, with a name like Blackula. When Blackula's in the title, that's kind of what I want. But there's a lot of parts that drag in this movie. Like that, that whole second act is like, this fucking go. It's, what is happening? Stop talking. Do something. And and then then it finally just gets going. And then, like, all right, that's enough. We're, we're done. So it's there's positives and negatives to this thing. I watched this movie twice for the show. I wanted to try something different. And the first time I watched it, I was bored out of my damn mind. <laughs> the second time I watched it, I was more engaged. <sighs> so, it maybe it was just depends on mood or something like that. So, I I'm going to say uh, I'm going to be generous and say I'm on the low end of converted on this. Brandon, how do you rate Scream, Blackula, Scream. I share a lot of your same sentiments on this movie that you described. Like, yeah, this is this is when I hear a title of Blackula, there's a lot more in this movie that I would assume going in. And I'm not saying like, oh, the other one it made more of a competent movie, but I, you know, I, I kind of like those, like you said, trashy aspects of it. The silliness that happens in this movie is a little bit more laugh, laughy, enjoyable, as well as having some like cooler horror things. William Marshall is on point again, if not even a little bit more devious. He's a little bit more vile in this one. So, but he's a villain. But you totally get his motivation once he reveals them. Uh, you get his motivations to everything, and his pl- he's actually got a plan that holds up. Hey, I you know I don't want to be a vampire anymore. Um, but uh, so this voodoo person might be able to get it out of me. But people are gonna be on our tail soon. I'm gonna like make all these people vampires to guard this house while I have this ritual go on. It makes sense. While I was entertained throughout this, it it did feel like long. <laughs> At times, we're just sitting there like, oh, we got, we got, we got some time to go here. I think part of that is because our, our pal Justin's journey in this movie is exactly the same as Doctor Gordon in the last movie. He's he's going to the library, he's getting the books, he's with the uh, white police officer that doesn't really believe him, but he's got to find proof. Um, I like the finale a lot. It's just a bunch of crazy vampire battling. Uh, I like that we get to hang with the other vampires, and there's drama within that group. I think the 
biggest I think the the enemy of this movie is the editing. Uh, there's there's a better way to make this a lot tighter, but more enjoyable. Like there's a lot of stuff going on at the party early on that we don't need to see at all. The prologue's a bit long in the tooth to bring Mama Walde back. That didn't have to be as much, but I think some of it's editing and a lot of it's a repetitive journey with one of the main characters in the film. I like Pam Greer a lot. She's fine here. Um, she's one of my favorite actresses. This is this is a cool one to see her in. I'm going to go with on the converted side because if I was going to reach for a Blackula movie, I think I would reach for this one just because it's a bit more silly. And if I didn't watch him back to back, the repetitive nature of Dr. Gordon and ex-cop Justin wouldn't be as similar when watching it just one out of context. This one's got a bit more of the, the silly nature, got more horror stuff, it's got more black exploitation stuff, and it's still got that William Marshall that you loved in the first one. Though, warning, it can feel a little long at times. I think what would have helped this movie is if the music was better. The In the first one, the music was funkier, and th- yeah. that was engaging. This just, just shitty. There's not that much music in it, honestly. Mm-hmm. And when there is music, it's just shitty. It's soundscapey, yeah, ish, it, it, but not even close to being like good soundscape. Yeah, it. If it was funkier, that would have been excellent. This was seventy three. Is that right? W- w- when did the funk stuff happen? Was that? We're getting there with that. Disco and funk are about to start. Okay. taking off. We're in the in the mid. We're. Well, that's, that's uh, interesting. That the first one was had funkier music than. The second one, and it came later. Mm-hmm. And funk music came a little <clears throat> bit later, or came more popular later, I guess. But that's interesting. I th- you'd figure that'd be in this one too. Um, uh, here's a question: With all the vampires that are in the mansion at the end of the movie, we see them get out of the coffins. Where are those coffins coming from, Brandon? It's a big house, but I never saw that room until it called for people to get out of coffins. It was like a corridor, yeah. wasn't it? It was like a hallway that had like just, they weren't even like, come on guys, you're going to be living there in coffins. Let's let's not just lean them against the wall and then like get in them. You know, yeah, like, it was like the coffin. Have a room in the basement. Yeah, the coffins were just kind of like just thrown around, just kind of happenstance where they were. But they weren't like shitty pine coffins. They were like, you know, legitimate coffins. So uh, it's not like they just built them. They had to go somewhere to get these coffins. Well, yeah. I just remember there's like three of them just leaned up against the wall and there are vampires coming out of them. Like, that was not comfortable, man. You did not fall asleep. Yeah. Standing up and lean into the side. That's not comfortable. Well, Blackula's coffin is at an angle. Yeah. It's like at a 50 degree angle, something like that which is kind of weird. But with the other vampires, they're just in a hallway. It's, what, it's like a really wide hallway. Yeah, they, they could have just lined them up. I mean, two, two and two together. Yeah, there's... I mean, you know, they, they say that you spend a third of your life sleeping. And if you are immortal, I mean, come on, folks. Invest in your sleep. <laughs> we know somebody who might have a thing or two to say about that. Are you are you an undead monster of the night? Do you do you have back problems because you're sleeping at awkward angles? You should come to our showroom and get some lovely water beds to put inside your coffin. Coming for the fall, we have a new coffin-shaped frame that fits your water mattress right in there with a flotation that is also heated in case it gets a little cold and your blood needs to warm up a bit. Are you concerned about space? We can convert your coffin into a Murphy bed. 
and that way you have more room to chase your victims. Well, go ahead, take them. Come on, come on. Lieutenant, don't you think this is a little ridiculous? Go on, take one and shut up. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing 1981's Canadian Canuxploitation film The Pit with special guest Mike Vaughn, author of The Ultimate Guide to Strange Cinema. As always, feel free to write in, tweet us, email us. We received some good stuff between Blackula and Scream Blackula Scream, so let's keep it coming in time for The Pit. Do you have a question for Mike, who's coming on The Pit? Well, if you get it in time, we'll ask him and we'll do your question on the air. Or do you have one for us? Or do you want to know what Cullen had for breakfast between now and then? Who knows? Who knows? But we look forward to next time. So first, stay tuned for the trailer to The Pit. The trailer that actually trails. a huge hole in the ground and at the bottom of the hole down in the dark there's some things no one else in the whole world knows about them but you she's pretty really pretty well then she's, she's just, just what, what we've been, been waiting, waiting for isn't she <laughs> for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker, edited by Brandon Peters, narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Join us again in two weeks for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. Thank you.